0: Well, with all the weight, let's just go right to Steve. He's been holding for a few minutes. Good afternoon, Steve. You have a question or comment for Trey.
1: Yeah, first of all, Rick, don't let Navy Mike get next to you. Because it runs your your blood pressure up and you get really (laughs) upset. So uh, blow off what Navy Mike says because he's not telling the truth a lot of the time.
0: Oh, but he's always being honest with us.
1: Uh no he's not Ricky. He <laughs> okay guys, you're take, you are you taking you are taking up trace time. That's right. Into That's up right. This. Yeah, okay, could, all
0: right. We're taking up it. trace time. Let's. Okay.
1: But anyway, uh, Trey, uh, how many more linebackers? Uh, Sam Pittman and, and uh, his staff looking to sign because I mean, how many uh, do they have so
2: far?
3: Carson Dean, Alex Sanford, and Brad Spence are the commitments right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to sign any more linebackers. I think they're. I think they're probably finished there.
1: Okay. And what about the uh, tight end position?
3: Tight end. I mean, they've got three tight ends committed, so I think they're good there too.
1: <laughs> so, in fact, they're And what about the quarterback end, situation? Uh, how many are they going to uh, look at uh, trying to sign? Anyway, that's all I have, guys. Thank you,
0: Steve. Thank you.
3: I can just tell you, an overall, I wouldn't expect any more action in recruiting. They've got 23, 23 or 22 commits. Um, 23. 23, 23 commits right now, and I wouldn't expect any more action this summer. Um, I, I think that they can be selective. I know there's, you know, a couple of defensive tackles they're looking at. Um, you know, obviously Marcus Steele would be a, a huge get. Caden McDonald would be another guy that they're looking at. So. Uh, maybe a couple defensive tackles or, or one defensive tackle, and then I think probably, you know, maybe we see uh, maybe a cornerback or a, it could just be a, a best available type of situation after that. I mean, they, we haven't been in a situation before where Arkansas has had 23 commitments at this point and uh, and also haven't been in a situation where there's an unlimited or not unlimited up to 85 if everybody leaves. Um, you know, caps. So I think that they're probably going to pump the brakes. I don't think anybody's that they're in on is like ready to decide right now. Uh, most of those guys have, have, who were planning on deciding in the summer have done it. You know, you take your, your visits in June and, um, you know, then start making decisions. So I think they'll probably – I think it'll probably be kind of quiet in recruiting uh, unless we're talking about some potential, you know, 2024 kids. Let's talk with Brett.
2: Brett,
0: good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey.
2: I sure do. Thank you. Um, Trey, I got two quick questions. My first one is um, when kids get in the transfer portal, say from Arkansas, like a lot of the baseball players and and basketball and whatnot, is that uh, that more the kids choosing to do that? or, or, Or sometimes is that the coaching staff meeting them with them at the end of the season and, and kind of pushing them in that direction.
3: I think there's an element of both of that. Uh, You know, if if somebody's on campus and, you know, they've been there a couple years, few years, and it doesn't look like much is going to happen or maybe they're, you know, out of their league a little bit uh, in terms of competing for playing time, um, then I think a coach will probably, you know, make a suggestion. Uh, Yeah. probably different coaches have different ways of going about that, but – you know, ultimately, if if you want to play football in college and you've been on campus for, you know, two going on three years, something like that, um, then I think it's you know probably beneficial for you to go somewhere else if it's not if it's just not going to work out. Um, you know, that's kind of why I've always said the one-time transfer exemption I think should should happen after a couple years because after a couple years, the coach probably you know feels a certain way about players whether or not they're going to impact and. You know, it's probably in the best interest of the player, if he's not going to play, to, to go somewhere else, you know, unless he's always wanted to go to Arkansas. And then it's, you know, are you contributing to our academics? Are you doing all the things right off the field? I don't think that you ever, you know, force a guy out who, you know, may not have quite the talent level that you want, but you recruited him, you brought him on campus. Um, they're making really good grades. They're doing, you know, good things in the community and stuff like that. I would, right. I would hope that most coaches would not try to force somebody out who's, you know, fallen under those parameters and, you know, who wants to to be at Arkansas like, you know, kind of a lifelong dream
2: type of deal. Last question. I just wanted to ask you. I heard you earlier this year, this spring. You know, you were talking about the football schedule, and I, I, I think you you felt like, and I, I may be wrong on this, but you. You indicated you thought the Hogs might be able to win ten games, you know, yep. regular season. Um, uh, do you still feel that way right now? I love the Hogs. I'm an optimistic guy. I look at that middle five games, starting with mm-hmm. Texas A&M, and um, I don't know. I just think I just think it's going to be a tough road this year for some reason. I just I just think it's a tough tough schedule uh, to, to repeat and win even nine. And I hope yeah. I'm wrong because I do love the hogs and respect what you have to say uh, you know fully. And I just wanted to know uh, if you could talk more about that.
3: I mean, you have to get a little bit of luck you, to win 10 games in this conference. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think probably what I've kind of settled on is, is nine games with, the, with an opportunity to win 10. I, I kind of lean, you know if somebody told me I can't pick nine, I have to pick eight or I have to pick 10. I think I might pick ten. I, I just I like the veteranness of this team, if that's even a word. The veteranness, um, having KJ back, having that offensive line back, the transfer additions that they've got, the culture that they've got set. Um, you know, I like the way the schedule starts out. That can be a big thing too. You know, the last time you want to play Vanderbilt is early in the season when they haven't lost any games and they've got everything to play for. You know, and you know you can kind of see teams. You 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 have that that moment of, you know, if you have a rough start to the season, are we going to let go of the rope here or are we going to, you know, pack it in and, and try to finish strong? And I, mean, I think a lot of teams just kind of pack, you know, I say pack it in, I guess I probably use that wrong. But, um, you know, a lot of teams, you know, just kind of let go of the rope when things don't go well versus teams that have a good start to the season can kind of start surging after that and get some momentum. Um, those first three games, I like Arkansas in those three, and then the next group of games, man, ten, I mean Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State, and uh, BYU. That's a that's a tough stretch. You, you you would I think you hope to get out of that two and two. I think you hope to get out of there two and two, and if you do that, then I think that there's a a, a chance. To finish out really strong, you know, Auburn's obviously had a lot of off-season uh, turmoil. Um, you know, LSU is is starting over in a lot of ways and rebuilding their roster. Um, you know, and there's Liberty in there and Missouri. I, I think that there's a chance, but Arkansas has got to have a little bit of luck. You know, I mean, nobody – I don't think anybody has won a national championship without luck. I'm not saying Arkansas is going to win a national championship, but, I mean, you can go back over every team and I can show you in a, me- a moment, you know, where it could have gone the other way for them or, um, you know, just a. it takes luck in this conference. I mean, that's, there's no other way to put it, but in a lot of ways you make your own luck too. I don't know who said it, but it, the, the phrase is luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Um, and I, I don't know. I just like I like the coaching staff. I like that they return so much um, and having a starting quarterback back. I just think there's a lot of potential with this team. But, again, you got to get lucky. You can't have a rash of injuries on the defensive tackle spot. You know, you can't have uh, K.J. missing some time. You know, stuff like that could could change everything.
0: Let's speak with uh, Steve. Steve, good afternoon. You have a question
2: or comment for Trey. Yes, sir. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, listen. Um, so single-game ticket, not being a member of the foundation, it, can I buy single-game tickets through the Razorback um, ticket office, or is that pretty much going to be an aftermarket, like a vivid season?
0: I don't think you can yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not they, can. Yeah, You will be like able to, tickets, but not yet. Yeah, season ticket sales okay, are so still Okay, so I would on. be able to? Yes. Once, they, once season ticket sales have reached their peak – now, what might happen would be you might not be able to buy Alabama or LSU, but you might be able to buy some other games. Yeah, game see, tickets. that's
2: what I'm, I'm thinking about coming to the LSU game, and I'm thinking about just going to go ahead and buy those like on Vivid seat now and then be done with it. That might be your best um, course yeah, of action. Right. Yeah. And, and what side in Razorbacks, I, I forget, what side is the home side the Razorbacks are on? Is it the east side or the west side? West. west. The west. Uh-huh. All right, I appreciate it guys. Trey I appreciate all you do, man.
3: Thank
0: you. But most of Thank the fans you, most of the fans sitting on the east side are Razorback fans. There's the uh, yeah. you don't want the northeast corner and you don't want the upper deck northeast corner. That's where the visitors sit. Yeah.
3: And if it's uh September and an early yeah. <laughs> game then it's definitely the, east on the east side, that's right. Yeah, the east sands and the, the yeah. north end zone can be can be tough. Those
0: are true hogs. They get barbecued. Those talking about
3: hog. LSU, that's later in the year. Wouldn't it? it yeah. Shouldn't be too. Bad. Yeah. It should be fine then. Yeah.
0: But that's why I I wanted you to identify the September, October time frame for those that are not familiar with the stadium. They're thinking, Oh man, I've got a great seat. I can get on the east side. Just <laughs> beware. Just beware. But you never know. On the other hand, uh, we do know early at least what time the games are going to be played. What, 2.30 yep. Cincinnati? Yeah. 6 o'clock AM South, South Carolina, Carolina. No, it's 11. 11 in the morning. 11. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. 11. Yeah. And, and I think Bobby Petrino is 6 o'clock, right? That's right, yeah. That's the 6 o'clock game, yeah. That's okay. right. Yep. I think the South Carolina game any, is course, ESPN, though, evening.
3: so that's at least that's yeah. good. That's right. You get a lot of eyes on that game. <sighs> I hate to put them.
0: See, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you got to you got to do what you got to do. Um, I'm sure Trey, this it. was.
2: Do what? I'm sure they'll change it just for you.
0: Yeah, just because I complained about <laughs> it. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, I'm sure you've read this. This was on two four seven sports. Is it two four seven sports or twenty four seven sports?
3: I'm glad you asked that, Randy. It is twenty-four-seven sports. Is in twenty-four 24-7. hours a day, seven days a week. Twenty-four-seven right. sports. Oh. Thank you. Most people don't. Most okay. people just 24-7. say two-four-seven, but you, like a true journalist, ask questions, and it's twenty-four-seven. Well, I wanted, uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, if I get corrected, don't I? I want to be corrected, knowing either I'm right or wrong. So. Yep. Uh, twenty-four-seven. Yep. Twenty-four-seven sports did a blue a sh- uh, blue chip ratio. 2022. 20, yep. He's uh, the article says 15 teams who can actually win a national title. Mm-hmm. And is That's... it as simplistic to say, Trey, that it all goes back to recruiting? Is, is this not basically um, what you're talking about? I mean, blue, if, if you would start with defining uh, what is a blue
3: chip. I, th- I think a four-star prospect is a blue chip player. I think that's you know that's generally you know one of the top 380 overall prospects in the country. That to me would consider, be considered blue chip, and that's that's done by Bud Elliott. Bud Elliott does. He's got a college football podcast. He does a lot of great stuff. He's deep into analytics and numbers and um, you know how betting odds work and those kinds of things. So he puts out some really good content. Um, But, I mean, this is just to win the national championship, right, or is it to win the college football playoff or just to go to the college football
0: playoff? No, it says who can win the national title. Yeah. Right.
3: So um, Texas isn't winning the national championship. There's there's a lot of schools in there that aren't winning the national championship but have recruited extremely well. But there are other teams that, you know, have made the college football playoff that, you know, aren't in that blue chip ratio. They are – uh, teams outside the SEC and outside the Big Ten. there you know Washington made it one year and uh, Cincinnati obviously made it last year. It's generally been the same group of teams that have been making the college football playoff every year. It's Alabama, Georgia, um, you know LSU obviously has been in there. I think that's it from the SEC as far as the college football playoff has gone, uh, although you have fairly recent national championship from Auburn um but and then you've got what ohio state michigan was michigan in it last year michigan was in it and they got routed pretty good um so they were they were a team that wasn't uh in that mix before um clemson obviously has been in there so it's generally been the same teams year after year in the college football playoffs so um it's tough to get there, I mean, in the SEC, because you've got to beat Alabama and Georgia to do it, and they've been pretty strong as of late.
0: They use what they called the BCR, blue chip ratio, mm-hmm. and you mentioned four stars. 2021, Georgia had an 80% BCR. Alabama yeah. had an incredible 83% BCR, One in 2020. 2019... That shows you that you don't have to all, have all blue chip, but uh, LSU won with 64%. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2013, Florida State, 53%. So, there is Gargant hope. Arkansas saw
3: somewhere around 28%, 30%, something like that.
0: Tells you the gap. Because the teams who signed the most blue chip recruits than ever over the last – Four classes, Alabama at eighty-nine percent, Ohio State eighty percent, Georgia seventy-seven percent, Oklahoma seventy-one, A and M seventy, and I won't bore you with the rest of the way through. But it, I think it just kind of tells you again. <coughs> we say, well, "Okay." Oh, no, Notre, I, Dame, Notre Dame! I forgot Notre Dame is another one
3: that's been to the college football playoff. Yeah. You
0: well, know, the last four years. 62% for Alabama. All right, let's check in with uh, BB. BB, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey?
2: Good afternoon, man. Good to talk to you. Great show as always. Thank you. Uh, wanted to ask Trey, what is top uh, about four defensive uh players on the uh, impact side would be uh newcomers or otherwise uh, top four or five and uh is uh top couple of uh, offensive uh, players that are coming in that may be a pretty good-sized impact. And uh, are you planning on doing anything uh, different on your YouTube uh, show uh, after games and stuff like that? And uh, I'm going to let you guys get back at it, but I'll take it off the air.
3: Thank you, BB. I've been thinking on – Are you a YouTube sensation now, Trey? Huh. <laughs> I don't know about a sensation but it's the walk and talk is pretty popular after Yeah, the walk and talk, after football all right. games. Yeah. yeah um, I, yeah, I yeah, plan on mixing yeah. that up any. I mean it it seems to to work fine. It's just, you know, the raw emotion. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get it out sooner. Um so maybe I start thinking about leaving earlier like right after press conferences or something doing it instead of writing articles and things like that cuz it seems to be the thing that most people want so maybe I'll try to yeah don't try to right, get it out no, yeah earlier.
0: change that up go right out there the steam <laughs> coming out of your ears <laughs> <laughs> hopefully so not hope steam, we, hopefully, hopefully. Hope that does not happen this yeah. year gee well okay yeah okay. enjoy be happy steam and now. bad steam yeah good steam <laughs> Yeah, good steam.
3: So, yeah, I just plan to keep it that way. But uh, as far as defense goes, impact top impact players, uh, I'm going to say both of those linebackers, Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders, I think they'll both go over 100 tackles this year. Jalen Catalan, obviously, uh, would be another one. Um, from there, I think it's maybe a little bit tougher. Uh, I think that Miles Slusher could be a candidate. Dwight McLaughlin could be a candidate. Isaiah Nichols could be a candidate. Um, maybe Jordan Dominic also. Uh, but the two linebackers, Jalen Catalan, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw Miles Slusher in there too. I'll go with. I'll go with those four guys um, as being the impact type players. And then on offense, a couple of newcomers is what he asked for. Uh, obviously, Jaden Hazelwood. Yes, Hazel I, I know be, one. Uh,
2: yeah, Isaiah Yeah. <laughs>
3: I didn't know if you Another needed Another possibility not, I, I, I for sure. I blurred it out. Possibly Rashad DeBinion uh, could be a guy that could see a little bit of action. He's, he certainly drew a lot of praise from coaches in the spring. Uh, but probably Hazelwood and uh, Matt Landers also. Probably looking at wide receivers, Matt Landers, Jaden Hazelwood, Isaiah Satania.
0: Let's talk with uh, Tony. Tony, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. You have a... Question or comment for
1: Trey? Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Big fan here. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, my question for Trey, and y'all might have covered this already. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I get off work kind of late in the evening at Sunday. But uh, the three-star uh, wide
2: receiver, six-four, one hundred and ninety 190-something, you know, he, he checks all the blocks and everything like that. And I don't really pay too much attention to the star ratings that they give the players because I'm thinking – you know, he, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's from like a small school in Alabama, and that might have something to do with the reason that it, he doesn't have a four or five star. But looking at his frame and, and some of his highlights, I would say he checks the blocks for a five star. And if you could just comment on that. And also, mm-hmm. if you could, if you think of anybody that, that might give us trouble this season, who do you see most likely in the, in the season as, as far as college championships? Uh, trouble? And I'll hang up
3: teams that could give him trouble, I think there's a possibility that BYU game, I I just hate where it's put in the schedule. I think October 15th or something like that, right before a bye week, after a tough stretch of games. And I like Baby on Dozier. I think he's he's elusive. I think he's got some good speed, 6'4", 195. Um, Maybe
2: a little bit underrated at the number 687 prospect in the country.
0: Enjoy your weekend, Trey.